Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, the podcast provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Arlen Pickett, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week, we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions, alternative funded health plans, and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality health care, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. All righty, gang. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Health and Wealth Power Hour. We are super excited to have you here today. Hmm, let's go walking. Let's not just go walking. Let's go walking outside. The great outdoors. What in the world does this have to do with anything? Well, let me tell you, it's interesting that we take for granted so many things that we can do, like go outside like walk outside, like enjoy the outdoors. Many of us are able to do that fairly simply. I, I know a lot of people that do even extremer type stuff, like a little bit of uh, mountain biking and rock climbing, hiking up some pretty major trails here or there. But can you imagine what it's like for someone that is disabled or for someone that has some type of disability that may prevent them from doing anything but some of the easiest trails around. And how do you find those? How do you even find a place where you can, can enjoy nature? I think that's a very difficult thing. And I, I guess I never really thought about it too much. But when... I was kind of introduced to Marjorie Turner Holman. It was an interesting concept to me to think about someone who had to overcome those who loved the outdoors so much that they wanted to make sure other people that were in that situation would not have to be without that joy in their lives, the joy of the outdoors. So she made it her mission to find places where you can enjoy the outdoors, took a lot of the work off of you and has been extremely successful in that, writing a number of books that also provide that information. We are super honored and it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today, Marjorie. Thank you so much for joining the Health and Wealth Power Hour. Oh my goodness, thank you. Thank you so much. It's a real privilege and um, I look forward to our conversation. So the first thing I think we have to get into is everyone has a story of why something became their passion. And I, I think once folks listen to this for just a few minutes here, they're going to realize it is truly your passion. And it doesn't always have to be yourself that was the one that was in a situation, right? It, people's passion become a lot of times because of loved ones, because of someone they know, because of a situation that developed. But in your case, it was you. It was very unexpected. It was life altering, but it also gave you a mission 
that you've spent the rest of your life pursuing. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Sure. Um, I, let's see the, the basic facts um, where I am is that I was a single mother taking care of my kids, cleaning houses, uh, doing what I needed to do to take care of them. And uh, I was in my thirties and found myself in the middle of a grand mal seizure that figured out very quickly I had a brain tumor that needed surgery to save my life. Uh, you know, there's no place you go but get help there. And to everyone's surprise, specifically me, but everyone else, when I woke up from the successful surgery that didn't kill me, uh, but was pretty bad, um, I was unable to move my entire right side, was completely paralyzed. Very quickly, I figured out this was not going to get fixed right away. And through that time, I was not able to work. I found out all the ways the social, the social safety net exists for people like me and others. And all I could do was write, which I'd always avoided, like the plague. Uh, it took me in a journey of learning to write, learning to ask the question you asked right away is why. That always gets people started because we all have a why of where we are now. And so the why for me was I couldn't do anything else. And so I got over that fear of writing. I found mentors that were help, helpful. We had email at that time that made it so I could write and share basically just email stories to people and I got feedback, like you were talking about earlier, got feedback that people wanted more. And that was the encouragement I had. I wrote for newspapers for bunches of years and happened to write this one series of articles that was um, naturally New England. I'm located in the New England area. And I just went to trails, but because of the lack of mobility that I still have, I, I am able to walk. I use hiking poles to keep my balance, uh, but I just went out to places that I could do and wrote about them and people were really interested. So I kept going. I didn't really have a focus at that time that it was focused to help people with disabilities. It was just an idea, but the doors kept opening and people kept responding. I put those newspaper articles on my website and by the 500th time, somebody came and said, hey, where's Joe's Rock? And I said, okay, Dawn came to Marblehead as people say, and I said, <laughs> I think there's a need there. And I started writing again. I wasn't really focused on disability. I, I was kind of, I liked to pass as normal as often as I could. It wasn't something I was putting out there. But as I kept doing this and kept getting stronger responses and more interest and the doors kept opening, it became more and more essential that I explain the why. And so it's become more of my story. And as I've been more open about that, people have actually responded stronger than if it was just, don't you want to get outside and have fun and here's some nice places to go it became more focused of, hey, you who just got injured, would you like some help so that you can get outside safely, even though you've hopefully temporarily lost 
the ability to get out on mountains and other such? Are you older and can't do as much as you used to do? Or do you have mobility challenges that have been there for a long time? Or you're a parent with children in strollers and you still wanna get out even though you're young, but your little ones need that support. Those are my target audiences for my books, not the people that are, are going on outward bound and wilderness hikes, and um, but there's a lot of us that just want to get out and be safe doing it and enjoy what we're able to. Yeah, that that's a great point. And, and I, I, I think that's obviously something I didn't even think about. You have families that are in certain situations, right? You have a family that maybe they, the mom and dad do like to hike, but now what are you going to do with a stroller? Well, I guess you can strap it on your back, but good luck with that. That's going to be fun, right? So all of a sudden you need a different type of terrain. What I've noticed with a lot of hiking books is they tell you it's easy or it's moderate or it's difficult and they don't provide anything. What's that trail surface actually like? So I, I finally, after all sorts of presentations, have learned to say easy walks, which is basically my brand, is not too many roots or rocks, relatively level with firm footing and something of interest along the way. That's it. And it gets overlooked because people are focused on, well, it must be short. So that makes it easy. <laughs> Length is all, you. That's, that's so individual. What's your stamina? But those trail surfaces and whether it's really steep or whether it's relatively level doesn't have to be completely flat. But, you know, tell me what the surfaces are like Tell me what that's going to do that will affect whether I can actually do this or not. Yeah, it's it's very interesting that you you brought that up. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago about easy, right? Let's so let, let's talk about what easy is. Someone's one person's definition definition of easy or beginner. I think they're in their case it was beginner. So if it's beginner, we just assume it's going to be easy. And their the conversation was actually about ski slopes about skiing mm -hmm. and they said you know the funniest thing about skiing is in different places beginner or green slopes are different like some of them at one place will be almost like little bunny kid hills and in other place they'll almost be equivalent to what would be intermediate or blues but they're mm -hmm. all in this same realm Right. And I thought that was very interesting. So it just it just made me think about what you're saying. Some of these trails, and I've seen this, and I've actually experienced this, that say that they're they're easy. You know, they're they're you know, there's going to be no problem there. The terrain is not. It's maybe up and down. It may be a very thin trail. Mm -hmm. If someone's mm -hmm. trying to use help, like you're talking about with these uh, hiking poles, where do those go then? How are you using those whenever this is carved out and maybe you're, you know, you, you've got a foot deep uh, trail that you're walking through that's just barely wide enough for you to go. How are you going to get those poles in there to help guide yourself along? Right. You made a, a really important point when you talked about beginners, because just because you say beginners, meaning you're just starting out, so you need support. I'm a very experienced walker. And if you referred to me as a beginner, 
because I'm using hiking poles, because I have mobility, I won't say I'm offended, but it's not accurate. Right. And there's lots of people who have a whole lot of experience and they need some support. That doesn't make a beginner. A beginner is somebody who hasn't done this and doesn't have the skills to be able to manage what a more experienced person is. I have plenty of skills. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. So let's talk. Careful. Let's talk about that because the skills that you have and the ability that you have at forty is not the same as it is at 50, it kind of maybe still is, but not all the way there, right? But then at 60, and I and I saw someone's comment on um, your Facebook page where they were saying, hey, I'm going to be retiring soon. And I'm, I'm thinking of hiking more, but mm -hmm. I'm also a little more concerned about the trails that I have. I don't know that I want on those same trails anymore. And mm -hmm. you were able to then provide them some of this information of here's trails and here's what all the way down, like you're talking about the surface. Here's what, the, here's what you would be walking on. Here's the different things. It, it goes beyond just that beginner, easy, intermediate, advanced expert, because right. that is, that is so, there is no real definition of that, right? There, there just isn't. Because it's all it's, up to yeah. someone's just idea of what it is. And there's there's no way that it, it's going to be the same with anybody. Whereas you get in such details that there's no doubt about what that trail is going to be like. Right. I try. And when I have people who contribute to my Facebook group, I, I say, you know, this is not just pretty pictures. This is something people use. The group is searchable. If you want to find something, we don't just limit it to New England. Um, it's mostly New England, but there's many beyond there. Or if you wanted to contribute to it, we're open to that. But tell us what's there and make it so that you're helpful to somebody else. We're not just entertainment. It's something that we're trying to give back to be useful and that people can have some joy in what they're doing. And I've been told that many times, how grateful people are. I can't do it all myself. And that's what's really wonderful too, is that people come in and say, oh, I've got something to give. Because in in honesty, all of us have something to give. Yeah, absolutely. Things, bigger things, we all have something to offer. So I wanna review once again, what an easy walk is by the definition that you use, and that is not too many roots or rocks, relatively level, with something of interest along the way. All right, that caught me. Uh, the other of that, that's pretty clear, right? Mm -hmm. Give me some examples of what not just you, but what others have submitted to you that mm -hmm. said, I found this interesting, especially something that that's a little quirky, right? Give me something that maybe someone came up with like, hey, did you even know this existed? This is kind of cool. When you get to ride here, you can see fill in the blank for me. Right. Um, I can also, I, I'm not a city person. So I am okay. kind of out in the country, even though I'm near Boston. So I like wooded trails. I like trails along water. In New England, we have lots of water. We're very, very lucky. And there are a lot of trails that are either next to a river 
or next to a go around a pond. Um, right where I live is not terribly mountainous at all. So there's a few places that are overlooks that you can see into a river valley. That's wonderful. Something I just wrote about recently was about um, ruins, which are, you know, you think of Greek and Roman ruins. And I read <laughs> a book recently about ruins in New England, and it really got me thinking, what does that count as? And in fact, when we see things that now I see as ruins, they're man-made but abandoned. So things like the prototypical New England stone walls. They used to be walls around property. They used to keep animals in for fences. They marked roads. So if it was snowy, you didn't get off. You could tell where the road was by the stone walls. But there's also, we had lots and lots of mills along streams. And yeah. what, I mean, energy has always been a human problem whether we've got fire or horsepower or, or water power, these little, even these little streams, you're gonna find stacks of rocks that were dams that have now just gotten mostly washed away. They've been abandoned. That all fits into ruins. So where are there things, whether you're in Texas, whether it's old fence posts that said, okay, that was ranch land, but it's been abandoned. Uh, wood is not going to last as long. We have an awful lot of rocks in New England, but uh, or bridge abutments. They moved the bridge and they left those old stones that were there. The more you understand, okay, we've got ruins all over the countryside. And once you put that name to it, you say these are human interactions with the land that have either outgrown their use or been forgotten, or people left. Um, in New England, people headed out to where there was easier places to farm, and they abandoned all really marginal, rocky farms, and they grew up into woods. So you see these stone walls going through woodland. There was no woods. Those were open fields. And people say, why did they build walls through woodland? Because it wasn't <laughs> woodland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i yeah. see those as ruins those are they don't serve the same purpose but they're still there and you, it's fun to see them with new eyes those are the kinds of things that i i find very interesting they're not you know world class or anything they're just kind of cool <laughs> that is kind of cool yeah it's uh i think that even whenever I'm driving and I see, you know, there's just a chimney left mm -hmm. of something and you can see, you know, sometimes you can tell, Hey, it didn't burn down. It's just, it's just gone. Right. That's chimneys. Right. All that's left of whatever that structure was at right. one time. Maybe you can see a little bit of a foundation uh, or mm -hmm. a barn that you can mm -hmm. say, I wonder how old that barn is. It's kind of collapsed now, but yep. You know, at some point, when was that brand new, right? When was that brand new and being fully in use? That's kind of some cool things to and think what about. What did so, it take to build it? To build and it. How did it serve? And what made it so it no longer served its purpose? Yeah. 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 What it's happened? Fun. Right. Yeah. What happened to make it fall into disrepair, especially when you don't see anything else that's around there? 
That's mm-hmm. I think that can be can be very interesting. It's kind of easy when you see the one that's fell down and then kind of behind the new house, you see this giant big one. You're like, well, I know what happened there, right? It was replaced. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's the only thing there in particular, I think that's a very interesting way to look at it. That's that's cool. It makes I like you that. Think. It yeah, makes it you does. Think. It makes you think. Mm-hmm. So You've dealt, I'm sure, with a lot of folks that have been in various different situations, whether it uh, was similar to you where they may have had a life-altering incident as far as an illness or a a surgery maybe, or even an accident, or maybe it's just something they've always dealt with their entire life. What have you seen, tales that you have heard, interactions that you have been a part of, that these easy walks, the accessibility that they give have had impacts in people's recovery or accessing their joy that maybe they had kind of left behind because they they didn't know how to get back outside. I've been really lucky to work with several people who have become friends who are visually impaired. And you would think, okay, You can't see what are you going to get out of being outdoors and how would you do that? Um, I've met both of of the people that I have in mind right now on the trail. And yes, they had somebody with them, but they they perceived the outdoors in very different ways. There's, you know, yes, they they could have have some limited sight, but Sounds of nature are important. Rushing water adds to interest, even just the feel of the wind on your face. Um, and then walking and talking on the trail is is very socially helpful. Uh, this one I was thinking of this one person, but the other person, uh, he and his wife go out almost daily hiking since the pandemic. It really got them started but they were going daily. They're in my Facebook group and I saw what they were doing. And I said, would you be willing to work with me to write another Easy Walks book? Because it's hard work to get out and do all that field work. You really do have to go out and walk the trail to see what's there. And they were willing. So the wife described to me how she walks a step or two in front of her husband. He has some limited vision, but she'll say somebody's coming so he can step off and or here's a rock or she'll just say we need to stop for just a minute or we're stepping up onto a bridge. And they did all of the field work for 50 plus trails that or in my latest book that it's about an hour away from where I am. I try to do very local town to town to town. So you can say what's in the next town or what's around the corner from where I live and not have to say, I've got to go all over the state to see what's in this book. They're, they're very, again, because this is New England, we're pretty densely populated. The towns are relatively small, but I, at this point with their help, I've covered 53 separate towns that are central Massachusetts, almost over to the coast. Um, it's and about 180 different destinations. So working with with um, Dave and um, oh, why am I blanking out? 
right now is <laughs> Dave Doré is the one who's who's blind and and his wife and I, you know they just kept saying this is so much fun and it it kind of gave them a quest to work with me and you know it was just a real privilege uh, I've just done one in Milwaukee with people that I met and they said we want to do this with you that was city and so these are a lot of still parks and such, but they said, we wanna see if we can get to every single one of these destinations without using a car. And they did. Huh. They used buses, they rode bikes, they walked, they got to all 50 of these different locations without using a car. Wow, and uh, they, that, and and that brings a whole- Right, that brings a whole they, new thing into it, a whole new it, element into it, this part. Yeah. And they also said, you know, I look at these places differently. I brought my foot, my father here, and I realized this was a good place for him. I wouldn't have ever noticed. And that's the helping us to look with new eyes. I feel like that's the the overall picture of art is helping people see something with new eyes it it's incredibly broad but um that's that what is what i differentiate with is it hard is it art or is it functional but can you see things the way you never saw them before yeah i think the answer to that is yes <laughs> uh, right be because <laughs> it depends on the person right and i think for some people it's both still just just but sure. Just the, my next question was going to be, who, who, who has this kind of situation helped that we would have never thought it would help? Well, you already answered that. I mean, you know, someone who has impaired sight, it, it as soon as you said that, it, it start, I started thinking through that and, and it's like, well, of course it would. Of mm -hmm. course it would. The feel of the sun on their face, the wind in their hair, the sound of all those things, you know, I think about uh, I'm a hunter and more than than hunt more more than killing stuff more than killing stuff is the sitting out there in nature. Yep. That's actually what I enjoy. My son thinks I'm nuts. He says because you never shoot anything, dad. You're just why do you even go? I said, well, you know, I mean, I I shot when I was younger, but now I just like out there listening to them. I like listening to the world come off. I'm sitting out there in the pitch dark. And these sounds that used to scare me when I was a kid out there in the dark, now I sit there trying to figure out what is that? Mm -hmm. Or if I know it these days, what that is, it's awesome. That horrifying sound in the woods of that owl mm -hmm. is now one of the coolest sounds ever as it he's is. out there finishing his night and mm -hmm. letting you know that mm -hmm. he's there. It's awesome. Those sounds. Bring, oh, bringing up the birds. I this is kind of a side yeah. one, but I um there's an a free app through the Cornell School of Ornithology called Merlin, and you can put it on your phone. And when you hear birds, you can open that app and press a recording, and it will start recording and tell you what birds you're listening That's to. That's awesome. It is one of the coolest things that I have ever come across because I'm not a good oral listener. 
I, I you know, aural, A-U-R, but I can listen to that and, and it helps train me a little bit, but I can just pull that up and I say, oh, that's what that is. So you could hear that owl, it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be dark or light, and it could tell you exactly what owl you're listening to. It's yeah. just fun. Yeah. <laughs> And I think what's funny about that is I do think about when I was a kid and, and that sound like, what the, what is that? That's something, you know, something's come to get me, right? It's something bad. I don't know what that is, but now uh, it, it's not that there's still not some weird noises out there that you don't know what the heck they are, but you know what that usually is, is what you just said. It's a bird. It's usually a bird making some kind of crazy noise. So if I had my app out there, I'd know that, Oh, look, it's the, you know, yellow bellied sapsucker or whatever it is. It's not the, it's not actually something. It's not a chupacabra coming to get me. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You've just um, been to Puerto Rico and that's the chupacabra. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, so you you talked a little bit about so you had some folks reach out to you from wisconsin right yes yeah where else so i know you're mostly in new england where are some other areas that folks have reached out from that uh you you're, there may be a few of the easy walks available oh i think uh, well i have some people that say this spring they would like to do one in detroit of all places and they said Detroit huh. has tons of city parks and it's also right along a uh, river. Um, Milwaukee has three rivers and it's got some waterfront, but Detroit also has Great Lakes frontage. And so I've got two people that are willing to partner with that. So I'm waiting for it to be a little warmer in Detroit and then see yeah. if they want to get started. I'm, I'm open to talking to people from wherever they are. And I've got a template. So I basically say, here's what you need to fill out for wherever you are. I'll put it all into the book form. You do the, the groundwork and we'll figure it out. But um, having that template has made a big difference because people basically it's fill in the blank and take some pictures and I'll turn it into a book. It's awesome. Fun. So <laughs> you have, how many books do you have out now? Um, there are, oh, it depends on how you count them. There are four trail <laughs> guides. Now, let's see, five, five trail guides, including Milwaukee. There's another one that's called um, Finding Easy Walks, which is How Did I Do This? Another one okay. is my backstory, my why, my liturgy of Easy Walks, uh, Reclaiming Hope in a World Turned Upside Down. And those are essays that I've written over years and years of healing and um, struggling with what do you do with a changed life? And I've just, they started out as, as emails and I've crafted them into short essays that some people have said have found really helpful. So one of the easy walk books Someone has decided, you know what, this sounds awesome. I think I'm ready to make this change. I, I really didn't know that that was out there. What kind of information can they expect to find in that book? Sure. It's a really good question. Uh, I try very hard to make sure we have an address, a, um, a name, the name of the place, what the parking is like, 
if there's parking, and then what the trail surface is like. Are there bathrooms? Most of the time not, but it's nice to know if there are. Are there benches? If I need to go or want to go a ways, is there a place to rest along the way? Is there any cost to going there? And I try to stay free or low cost if it's a place like a zoo that's going to charge a, a substantial admission. They've got their own business model. I don't really need to support that. So these are places that people might not think of. Um, and then I try to write a little description, color. What do you expect to see there? Um, you know, what's quirky or interesting there that would say, oh, I like that. The other thing I, I try very hard is to find out whether dogs are welcome. A lot of people who are dog walkers are looking for someplace new to go. A lot of people who are dog walkers use these books. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And and there's because the dog, the dog park's cool. If your dog likes a dog park. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm being honest here. My dog does not like a dog park at all, mm -hmm. but he loves a trail. He loves mm -hmm. a trail. Uh, he, that's, that's where he wants to be. He doesn't want to be around a whole bunch of other dogs. That's, he, that's not his place. That's not where he wants to be, but he loves to be outdoors and he loves to be out on the trails. So I, I can, I can see that. Whereas I'm looking in the dog park and there's a whole bunch of dogs that are happy to be out there and a whole bunch of people to be out there. But I myself would actually rather just be on the trail with my dog instead of <laughs> yeah. sitting there with all the, the 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 dog parents while their dogs frolic around and do stuff. Uh, well, you know, there's places there's that won't that... welcome them. There are there are, and that's where if you go expecting, and then you find yes. the no dogs, that's right. pretty disappointing too. So I try to give that information so that you can make your plans, and I also say have a plan B. During the pandemic, places were so crowded, you couldn't get onto a trail. But when I found that, I had other places quite nearby, and we were still able to get outside, which was a good thing. So do you have any, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, uh, it, you know, the, the local high school track is not going to be, while it may be an easy walk, that is not what we need to, I'm, I'm guessing that that's not what you want in your book, right? You're not, here's the directions to the local high school stadium and you go to gate E and it's always open and you go and you can walk in, a, in an oval as many times as you would like. It's some really interesting artifacts. There's the goalpost right there. If you remember last year's team, they didn't score any points. So that goalpost wasn't used. It is clearly an artifact from a gone by time, possibly even a ruin. All right. So that's not what you're looking for. That's that. While that may be an interesting little fun thing to do, that's not what we're after. So you're do you have hard. <laughs> so I, I, I know that you have this template. But as an idea, what do you recommend someone, if someone's interested and they're like, you know, I go on this walk, but maybe it's too basic or maybe it's not, or maybe this would be great to get on and join in. They live in Arizona. They're, they're completely way away from wherever you are, but they have, they're, they're listening to this. And they're like, this would be awesome. I would love to put my walk on there. What? We don't want anyone to not put it out there because they don't think it's cool enough. 
but we also don't want the high school stadium. I'm thinking. You know it. Yeah, I I mostly am either. I mean, in Arizona, you got a lot of desert, but I've been to Arizona, and there's some very cool places that are parks yeah. that take you up that are that are actually um, what I would call developed trails because they're footpaths that are broad enough okay. so that two people can walk. They may have interpretive signs. That's, um, you know, the point is not exercise. It's, it's, that's a side benefit, but the point is to restore your spirits or just to get you observing, pay more attention to where you are. And going around and round and round in a circle is absolutely valid. And it can be really boring. And when you start paying attention to what's around and, um, you know, almost any any place could be, I'm, I'm not real inclined to sidewalks um, in more urban areas. Sidewalks can actually be quite treacherous. Roots of trees can tip them up. Um, yep. They're not actually, for me, the ideal place. They're, they're, you think they're flat and they're not always. So, um, you know, I mostly are looking at wooded or just outdoor parks. I like trees for some shade. I'm not able to sweat with the health challenges that I have. So I get very overheated in the summer. Texas would not be a good place for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe about you know three or four months out of the year would be okay. Right. But other than that, yeah, right. you might have a little bit of an issue there. So I appreciate but trees I, I think and you, shade, but you know. yeah, but I think you make a valid point, and and it's it's interesting. I thought of Arizona for one specific reason. We do know a lot of people, especially folks that maybe started out in some of the Midwest or Northern states, moved to Arizona as they get older. Right, but their health challenges can also increase as they age and things that they uh, you know that that in uh, enjoyable walk following that white ball around this green area can all of a sudden <laughs> become treacherous to them and they're now they're still looking for a walk that doesn't involve that very frustrating little white ball and they may believe well i've made a huge mistake i now live in a place where there's i live in a desert with a bunch of hills and mountains and there's no place for me to go walk so I can see it areas, not just in Arizona, but in many, many places around the country that someone could find a frustration level of where they live now and think there's no place for me to do what I love at this point in my life or when this challenge has came up. And I think that that's in many cases probably not going to be true. There is some, even in Colorado, there's going to be some flat areas. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, right? But there is. Oh, no, I was just in Colorado a year or so ago, and that's what I wanted to bring up is the um, concept of rail trails. And they are getting the, the entire country. With, there was a whole tr railroad craze, and they got way overbuilt yeah. and all the way across the country, of course. And those abandoned rail lines are being transformed into rail trails that are relatively level, they're firm footing, they're smooth surfaces, they're either paved or crushed stone dust, and bicycles and walkers and people who with strollers and skateboards and 
rollerblades can all use them. And because trains went all sorts of places, there's some really cool things. I, I rode on several rail trails that um, were along the Colorado River in Colorado, and then the um, Rio Grande Rail Railroad that went along the Roaring Fork Railroad. They, these are 40 miles of rail trail. I mean, you can just pick and choose uh, by bike. We have an adaptive tandem bike. My husband does the piloting and I ride on the back because I don't have balance to ride a bike, but we have traveled all the way across the country and ridden our tandem bike um, in amazing places. And that's because of these rail trails. So even when you think you might not, you just Google rail trail near me and you're gonna find things. And so do you have any of those rail trails? Yeah, do you have any rail, rail trails on there in your books? Yes. Cool. Yes. Very cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, we have and a I, lot and of I, them, yeah. I know that there are, that I knew they existed, but I didn't think about it in the concept that you just said. You go to, I don't care where they are, they're tip, the, the ground is going to be very much like what you just said. The, mm -hmm. it, that's just, the, the railroad couldn't have the, you know, you couldn't have wavy exactly. ups and downs and crazy. Yes, there may be a, a, a slope to it. There, there may be some grade to it at different places, mm -hmm. but it had to be a, a flat surface. It had to be at a, a an angle that the train could go exactly. up. And come down. Don't forget the coming down part was extremely important too, because right. that cur that curve ahead could, didn't need to want didn't want to be straightened out. It need, you needed to be able to take that curve. <laughs> They're all over the country now. It is it's it's just amazing. And yes, they by their nature are handicapped accessible. Very most often they'll have curb cuts, so you can get onto them very easily with your bike. And typically rail lines were built near it through river valleys. They also got washed out because of that, but it means that the scenery is just stunning. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just amazing. Wow. This is such a, a cool thing. I, you know, as a, as a nature lover myself, as, as, as someone who loves to be outdoors, it is heartbreaking to think of someone that loses the ability to be able to enjoy that and, and truly get that joy from being out in nature. Someone who enjoyed that walk, that whatever that, that looked like, even if they, uh, you know, unfortunately are not able to walk or, or be able to motivate themselves that way, being able to have someone help them down these pathways with whatever type machine that takes. There are adaptive bicycles that are amazing. The the tricycles, the um, tandem bikes that are that will come apart, and somebody can do the steering, and somebody else can do the pedaling. Or their four wheel tandems. Uh, there's there's a tremendous variety. My husband actually built our bike with a bike builder. So, so it's interesting you mention that that there's the bike cutouts or that there's these trails that you can put modified type bikes or whatever mm -hmm. does your book address that in any way do you talk about any limitations in accessibility or point out 
places that have, say, increased accessibility, such as these rail walkways, they're going to be a little bit wider. They're going to have a little bit better access than, than maybe a, a nice trail that's got a good surface, but can only be maybe two abreast and not, if you were on one of these, no one could get by you, in other words. I address those in the description, but I also address them with little the little icons. Yeah. So the yeah. handicapped accessible, that will be at the very top. The dog or no dog with the slash are right at the top. If there's things like swimming or fishing or other things that people would like to do, they just don't know what's there and what's available. So it it I try to do those right up front. So, and if it's not completely handicapped accessible, I won't put that little wheelchair okay. icon up there. And I will note, here's what is there, here's what you can do, and here's, even if it means the parking lot is, has got potholes and stuff, I, I try to tell people that because if you're in a wheelchair and you've got a pitted parking lot that's not paved or that's not smoothed or graded, you're gonna you're not gonna find it accessible. So um, there's a lot of information. <laughs> well, and there has to be because can you imagine that situation that you the everything you saw tells you it's you know disabled handicap accessible, and then you get there and the parking lot is only partially paved and there's five handicap spaces that are paved with the ramp right there and they're all taken right and now right. you've got to park out in the rocks then no, you, you go cannot... on to park you go to plan b <laughs> right in, in this case then right you you can't do it so right knowing that information having that and say well you know what it, even if all five are there it's a paved parking lot mm -hmm. we can park further out if we need to or we can park at least we can park somewhere and still be able to enjoy this place because i've seen that type of situation i've seen places where yes you have some paved right here and the rest of it's all grass or the rest mm -hmm. of it's grass right now but if it just rained it's mud or <laughs> right. You know, right whatever so nice that you have this wonderful handicapped accessible trail that people can't park if they're handicapped and they can't even get on the trail that's where snow ends up getting pushed up here that's the easiest place to put it. So it's. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> or else, no, or else the parking lots don't get plowed. So right now yeah. we've got very little snow, but um, yes, if there's snow, a lot of times there's, I try to tell people on my Facebook page, here's places that you can park that are plowed. Army Corps of Engineers are great. They always plow their parking lots. You know, you just, but this is where people on the ground can provide really helpful, here's what it's like, or this week it's all muddy, don't go out yet. Uh, and that's what people bring to my Facebook page is on the ground now, here's what things are this week or flooded. Awesome. Things are flooded. Don't go there now. And uh, folks, that Facebook page is Easy Walks comma, Massachusetts, comma, Rhode Island, or RI, as it's on there, and beyond. So that is other places as well. But if you go out and look for easy walks, I'm sure that it will pop right up there. 
over 13,000 members of this Facebook page. So there are a lot of folks out there sharing information, lots of great, great comments on there. Uh, once again, I, I thought that was, and it's not always you that has to respond, which is, it saves you some time, right? People are helping each other on there all the time. I've got admins. It, it, I've got yeah, admins yeah. that help me. But there's other folks out there, I, you know, you see members that are helping each other and, and commenting and saying, oh, yeah, yeah well, 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 hold on. I was there last week. It was good, but it's not now. You know, oh. y'all might not have got rain over in Lala County, but over in Yaya County, we got poured. And so you don't want to go mm -hmm. there now. It's it's not yeah. good. It's a nice feeling seeing that happen because yeah. I don't have to do it all. I'm not responsible for it all. And it, it feels like a way of giving back, which when I've been as um, needy at times with health stuff, it's nice to feel like I've got something to give because there was so much time that I felt like I had nothing to give at all. Well, and that's what this is all about, right? Uh, you know, that's, mm -hmm. I think you, you say it very well on your website that the books are focused on helping others get outside, find healing for their body, mind, and spirit. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful because that, that, that's it, right? That's the holistic piece. If, mm -hmm. if you've got the healing you're looking for, you, maybe you'll never get that physical healing, right? There's situations where you're never going to get that physical healing. That'll put you maybe back where you are. Maybe you never were, but maybe you'll, you're never going to get to that point again. But that doesn't mean there's still not some healing for your body and for your mind and mm -hmm. for your spirit. It's very different kinds of healing. Yes. People that say, you know, the miracle healings or the spiritual healings, the, the um, you know, the, the services that sometimes people help still have. There's it to me is always implied you could get back to where you are. And that's honestly not true or not possible for lots of things, but there are different ways of experiencing healing. And I have been the beneficiary of a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there are times I have seen it myself where someone can go through an experience and maybe they never get back fully to their, to their healing of their body where it was, but the strength that it can give them in dealing with that, the, the, the change in mindset, the change in their spirit and their soul mm -hmm. can, it can be a positive thing. And I, I think we've seen inspiration of that. You're an inspiration of that because you could have let that just be the end. I mean, you, you could have had this happen and been, uh, you know, dealt with your paralysis and said, well, I'll never get to enjoy this again. This is this is off the list, right? This is mm -hmm. I, I can do some other stuff, but maybe my favorite thing from now on would just be to sit around and watch my shows. My kids kept me going. My kids really know, at the hardest parts. Uh, they, you know, they'd say, "Well, let's take mom out for a walk." <laughs> um, but yeah, they kept me going, and. Uh, I was a contra dancer. I don't know if that's anything your your listeners are familiar with, but I had been dancing. And uh, about six months after, I went back to it and 
Contra dancing has a lot of upper body. It's not country dancing, but it's kind of like square dancing. And okay. so you've got partners and you get a lot of upper body support. And I got back to it. But that was with a whole lot of support. It's actually where I met my second husband that had, we've been married 18 years, pretty close now. Awesome. So very, very lucky. But yes, I met him dancing. <laughs> awesome. That is great. That is great. <laughs> well, if someone wants to get their hands on one of these books, how will they do that? Um, MarjorieTurner.com is a great place to start. They're all on Amazon. Okay. Uh, you can type in my name. You can type in Easy Walks in Massachusetts. You can um, just type in my name, author. There's an author page on Amazon. But my website has all the links. So thank you. Thank hey. you so much for asking and, and offering that. Yeah, absolutely. And your website, uh, MarjorieTurner.com, lots more information. You can also follow your blog. And mm -hmm. you're giving updates on that. You've got a, a, a pretty good uh, listing there's of blogs. Five, there's about 500 plus. Yeah. That's <laughs> a lot. Yeah. A lot of blogs out there. A lot of great information. Uh, access to the books, including not just Easy Walk, but also that memoir of learning peace with your your changed my life. Liturgy, yeah, my liturgy of Easy Walks. Right. So there is a there's a lot of information there, including a little bit of access to some of the uh, reviews on that. Lots and lots of uh, workshops uh, that you have on there. So in these workshops, uh, talk about a little bit of the things that you're helping others outside of this as well, because I think that's important as well. You're, you're, you're focused on these things that are helping people access the outdoors through these easy walks, but you're also doing other things to help folks. Right. Thank you. Um, the workshops typically are uh, designed to help other people start telling their stories. Uh, I've worked for about 10 years helping uh, record family stories and get them turned into books. It's how I knew how to do these other books. So um, sometimes the workshops are on interviewing skills. I've done that with National Park Service. And sometimes they're just group um, breaking people up into pairs and having them practice uh, telling simple stories and then come back and sharing them. Basically, it's opening people's eyes, opening your eyes that you have a story to tell or you have lots of stories to tell that are worth sharing. And there's many different ways to do that. I've worked with teachers. I, I did a lot of work in years past as a um, storyteller, performer, helping teachers with what do you do in the classroom to get your kids telling stories. So um, there's there's a bunch of different things. Uh, do self-publishing workshops. A lot of people are wanting to know how can they publish books themselves. So that's that's some of them. I also edit for people at this point now. I've, I've learned enough about writing, so I do what are called manuscript evaluations, people that want to write their own books, but they know they need some help. Gotcha. So that's, that's being really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, all of those things are so important because if you wouldn't have taken the time to write your story and really 
think about how you could help others down the pathway. Yes, I went there, folks. I said it, went down the pathway. Uh, if you wouldn't have told us about your not-so-easy walk, we would not know about the easy walks now because that uh, you, you had to go through it to see the benefit that others could have. So uh, that's mm -hmm. very admirable. I, I, I really uh, appreciate what you've done to, to honestly help yourself to help others as well mm -hmm. because it's, it's an important part of the journey. And uh, you finding your joy has helped spread that so others could find theirs as well. So I definitely commend you for that. Thank you. Uh, healing is a, is not something that happens in a straight line. And it, you know, can be one step forward and two steps back. What I experienced, especially with neurological healing, is that just trying harder doesn't work. It's the no pain, no gain is, is a, it's not, it's a lie. It might be helpful for some people, but when you're recovering from neurological stuff or other stuff, when there's pain, that means you need to stop because your body's warning you that you're going to injure yourself. But to just, like you said, sit in your chair and watch TV and say that's as good as it's going to get, maybe it is. But if you can get up and you can move as much as you're able you will be in a position if healing comes, and I have experienced that, that there can be instantaneous instances of suddenly you're aware that something's changed. It's very weird. <laughs> it's really weird, but um, it's it happens. And I can still picture those moments. And if I had just been sitting in the chair and never moved, I wouldn't realize that it had happened. I may have missed it. Wow. that That's very insightful. That is very, very insightful because that's what we're told, right? It's this, this, it's, you've got, you've got to have this struggle. You've got to have this pain to ever, you've got to get through these things. That's just part of the journey. And I think that's also why some people just don't try. They, they just mm -hmm. get to that point and they're just like, well, if I'm going to have to do all that, then no, it's not that they always want easy. It's just sometimes the pain is just too much to bear. Mm -hmm. Right. And I understand that too. And that's why the journey is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's why the healing, yeah. as you said, is different for everyone. It's not a straight line. There's ups and downs. There's good days and bad days. There's, there's days you want to quit. And then days where you wake up and you say, there's no way I'll ever quit. Uh, mm -hmm. and that's, that's, that's just part of the true. journey. That's very true. <laughs> it makes it a little crazy making though, because when you're, you just don't feel like you can do anything, you feel like it's always going to be that way. And then other times when you just say, I have all this energy and you say, that's how I'm always going to feel, but that's not true. Either. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's our human nature, right? It's it's like it, even the even the most optimistic person in the world is not always the most optimistic person in the world. They're they're just not. They always have negative thoughts and always have that moment of doubt. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they may never tell you that, but when they're sitting there by themselves, 
and things are not going the way that they want them to, then everyone has doubt. And that's just a fact of being human. Yep. It's true. Well, I really appreciate you taking time to be with us. This was been this was very exciting, very insightful. And I I'm I'm ready to go find a trail to send you. Uh, <laughs> and tell us about it. <laughs> but you better tell us what the trail surface is like and give us a picture of what's there. Uh, maybe I'll just record the whole thing. I'll just record a video of the whole thing. And like mm -hmm. every rock, I'm like, watch out. 47 and a half steps in there. There's this rock. Never mind. I'm going to move it. This, there's no longer this rock. Okay. People do, we do have people who do things that bring videos. It's fun. They, they <laughs> may speed it up, but then it's, you got to hold on. But yeah. Yeah, they, that's exactly right. My wife's not watching that one, by the way. She'll get motion sickness just watching those things where people are going really fast. Like she's like, no, Me no. Too. no. <laughs> well, that's good stuff. All right, folks, you can go out to MarjorieTurner.com. You can go to the Facebook page for Easy Walks, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and beyond. Um, Marjorie said she also got a LinkedIn page, but she didn't seem a whole super excited about that. So you might want to go out there. And, but if you really want to connect with her, the Facebook page and the website are the place to do it. Uh, you, can, you can join right there, right? Someone can join that Facebook group and... Just kind of hang out for a while and see what it's all about if you don't want to put stuff right in. But it doesn't matter where you are. If they're, because remember what the Facebook page says, Easy Walks, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and beyond. So if you're not in Rhode Island or Massachusetts and you're in Texas like me, that counts as beyond. How it's about true. that? It's true. <laughs> yep, we've got stuff from Canada. We've, we've traveled to Canada and down to Tennessee to my grandchildren and out to Colorado and Utah and on New Mexico. Yes. Lots awesome. of places. Awesome. Thank you so very much for being with us today. You are an inspiration. Keep on keeping on, keep putting those easy walks out there, changing people's lives and bringing them joy by bringing nature back as a possibility into their life. Um, Hey, do you remember what that app was? I really want people to know one more time. Oh, sure. What's the bird app? It's it's just called Merlin, M-E-R-L-I-N. It's um, Cornell School of Ornithology. And it's a free app that you can download and it turns your phone into a, a recorder to hear that recognizes bird calls. As very awesome. cool, Merlin. There's your bonus today on the Health and Wealth Power Hour. The bird app that can tell you what's around you, who's singing to you, who's singing to you. All right, folks, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, don't forget, if you want to subscribe to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, you can go out to hwpowerhour.com. Of course, you can listen to us anytime on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you digest your podcast. Uh, we will keep on talking to folks, bringing you more and more insight in all kind of things, health and wealth. We do appreciate you. Don't forget to also listen to our industry show that we do every last Tuesday of the month called Why Does Healthcare Suck? 
That's right. The Why Does Healthcare Suck series is still going strong. Uh, we are diving into every aspect of what's going on. We got some excellent, excellent ideas from some folks over at the U Powered Symposium in Puerto Rico here in the last couple of weeks. So the next year is going to be a doozy for information in that industry. We'll keep on bringing you information there, and we have some more exciting things we're going to roll out to help you better understand what's going on and help you take action to help yourself and your family. Appreciate you being with us, and we'll catch you next time. We are out.